Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. It is the March 22nd episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It is your Wednesday edition of the show. It's hump day. We are, uh, we're right in the middle of it. I'm Chris, and with me, as always, is John. Listeners, appreciate you. Thanks for listening. If you haven't uh, subscribed to the show, we, we would appreciate it if you would. Just hit the subscribe button in your favorite podcasting app, and away you go. All right, man, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am not so bad. Not so bad. Uh, we are getting close to the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. We're in free agency. Lots going on. The Cowboys have uh, have have what they they pick up a free agent was a uh, was a trade was a trade mm-hmm. with the Texans. Yep. All right. Tell me about that. Yeah, they made finally made a move at wide receiver, uh, which has been a while after they traded Mari Cooper to the Browns and basically destroyed their wide receiver unit. Um, now they're trying to pick up the piece a little bit. Tra- got traded for Brandon Cooks, I think Sunday. Um, so now they got him on the roster. Um, I mean, it's an interesting move. I think it definitely fills up a gap that they needed. Uh, him playing along with CD Lamb isn't horrible. Uh, I think CD Lamb obviously is they're still the number one. Um, but you know the Cowboys have created a lot of gaps uh, in wide receiver last season and this season, letting go of Dalton Schultz. Now they've created a gap in the tight end room. So basically, you made your wide receiver room even worse. Even though he's not a wide receiver, he's still technically a wide receiver because he played that position uh, and was more of a pass catching tight end. So now they're just trying to build something up and try to you know get some wide receivers. Maybe they're holding out for OBJ, and maybe that's where they'll add that extra piece that's definitely needed. Um, I don't think they gave up that much uh, for Brandon Cooks. So that makes sense that why they would go after him and try to pick him up because he's been a piece that a lot of teams have been looking at grabbing. Uh, and it's come up with trade rumors throughout last season and into this season, off season. Uh, so it makes sense why they would try this particular move and, and you know, add him and, and try to, you know, boost up this, this team a little bit. But, you know, I just, I get there's not a whole lot of wide receiver movement going on. I mean, there was a little bit with different guys from the Patriots moving around. Juju just moved around to the, to the Patriots and stuff of that sorts. But, this team has really been kind of cheap the last couple of seasons as far as letting guys slip by. They could have gotten Von Miller, decided against doing that. Um, they let go of Mari Cooper, like I said. They didn't. They decided not to keep him. Dalton Schultz offered him a contract. Decided not. He decided to turn it down. They didn't kind of go after him anymore. Uh, got rid of Ezekiel Elliott. They've been just kind of purging uh, this team a little bit. Um, and honestly, Tony Pollard is better than Ezekiel Elliott, so that makes sense. But is Brandon Cooks, you know, the guy that's going to be the answer to the Cowboys' playoff woes, if you want to call them that, uh, mistakes that they have made, their inability to win football games down the stretch, is he the answer? And I don't think so. I would say Brandon Cooks is a, you know, fringe number two wide receiver, but probably a number three. I think that's probably where he kind of fits in. That's where I would kind of guess. They need to find that second guy besides CeeDee Lamb. As they had him, now they don't. They could pick him up in the draft. They could obviously draft for him if they wanted to. They could. I would recommend that they go after OBJ because OBJ has kind of been testing on the market. He wanted like fifteen to twenty million a year. He's now dropped that down below fifteen to twenty million a year. So somewhere in that range between a little more. I think he said more than you know five million. So somewhere between that ten million range is kind of where he's sitting. 
kind of cryptic in what he wants, but that would be the splash that would say, okay, the Cowboys are serious about winning, you know, a Super Bowl because defensively they've renovated that. They've yeah. added a couple extra pieces, but it's already been great. I mean, they kept Dan Quinn, which was huge, and the, and the ability to keep that defense intact. They got Dak Prescott back. They mm-hmm. finally slimmed down the running back game. Their offensive line is fine, just as long as, you know, Dak Prescott's careful with the football, makes good decisions with the football. But they still don't have, besides Seattle Lamb, any sort of wide receiver room. And they're, like I said, their tight end room has also gotten worse. So that's the department that they really need to fix. They can try to patch it up as much as they want to by adding a few guys in there to try to see what they can do and try to feel things around a little bit and try to ho- and 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 try to do things that is going to kind of mend the boat. But that's not going to help you win a Super Bowl. If Jerry Jones is very serious about winning the Super Bowl, as he's claimed he has a lot to the media, and when he talks, it's all about the Super Bowl and how much he wants that. It's in, I, the NFL is a game where it's it's about the cornerback wide receiver battles, and usually those are won by the quick skill position guys that can make the ridiculous catches. So you're going to have to look at where, you know, where you're going to get that from OBJ. Like I said, still in the market, Jerry Jones says he wants them. That would prove that they're, in, they're going in the right track, but just Brandon cooks alone isn't enough to change this Cowboys team uh, and turn them into Super Bowl contending team. They will stay where they're at in a team that just kind of gets into the wild card each round and there's high expectations and they kind of ride a wave and then they get to yeah. the playoffs and yeah. they, they fall short, and they haven't won a Super Bowl in a very long time. It's been so a while. Yep. It's kind of time to move things along, but they just need to be very serious about who they pick up. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's always interesting to watch the Cowboys personnel. Was, I can't dramas. remember when was the uh, when did they win last? Um, yeah, it might have been like the Aikman era, right? It was, like yeah, yeah. back it when they Jimmy won Johnson. the three. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson, Aikman, Emmitt Smith, mm-hmm. Michael Irvin, that, that Moose Johnston. Yeah, they were awesome. I that know, was a dynasty. But then that fell off from there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then same owner, but yeah, completely different results. I know. Pretty interesting. I, I really haven't liked any of their coaching choices after Jimmy Johnson was gone. So, but here we are. Okay, so uh, Lamar Jackson, what's going on up there in Baltimore? Reports coming out saying he is ready to uh, ready to move on. He wants to move on. What's going on? Yeah, it sounds like he doesn't want to keep playing with the with the Ravens. Uh, and that now, what's going? So there's been a lot of like quarterbacks landing at teams, and mm-hmm. that, you know that kind of getting squared away. Uh, you still have like, you know, New York and Green Bay figuring out what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. So I guess that's still out there. But, you know, that's um, a quarterback and a team like where, where is he going to go? Like who who's going to pick him up at this point? Who, where are the target teams for him? Well, I think obviously there's like you said, there's the uh, the Jets. Um, I think the the Raiders, maybe possibly just because I don't think Derek or um, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is your long term solution. I think he's a solution for a bit. Uh, I think right now, I mean, the Ravens need a new quarterback, obviously, because they're not going to keep him. But I think a lot of teams that you know have needed him are now be now figuring out answer, answers besides him. Uh, so they're not as desperate. I mean, Carolina could still be in that running. And obviously, they're number one, so they have like their pick of whoever they want. Uh, so they obviously don't need to you know dive into anything. I think the Bucks would have wanted to keep it getting well, I know, but not anymore. But they I mean they the still... Baker Mayfield era oh has begun. I don't think that's forever. Oh yeah? No, of course it's not forever. It's just for a year. Maybe. Unless Trask ends up being exceptional. I I mean that had to be preseason to decide that. But I, I don't know. I think maybe the Jets might be that that team that kinda looks at him and says, you know, maybe we'll take him. Uh just because 
the whole Aaron Rodgers thing is like he's just dragging his feet. I don't know. It used to, it's just like Aaron Rodgers news, Aaron Rodgers news. And then I've been looking the last few days. I've heard nothing from the Jets, nothing from the Packers as far as what's happening down there. I It's just become dead. Um, so that's kind of – it's kind of interesting. Um, but, yeah, like I, I think teams are just kind of figuring things out, putting uh, temporary solutions in there, trying to bridge any gaps that they can. So I think Lamar Jackson is going to have to probably stay put for at least this next season while teams figure it out because, obviously, like I said, the – the unexclusive franchise tag has gone on Lamar Jackson, meaning teams can give two first round picks to get him and the Ravens have a chance to match their offer to keep him um, as a Raven. Um, but that's kind of, it's still an option for them to trade. So I think Lamar Jackson is probably going to be a Raven next season. And then after that, that's when teams are really going to figure things out. Is Jimmy Garoppolo really the answer in Las Vegas? Is Aaron Rodgers really going to stick around for another season after this season is, or is he going to retire? Um, you know, is Jordan Love really the answer for the Packers? Is Baker Mayfield the answer for the Bucks? Um, is the is the Carolina Panthers pick up the actual real solution? Um, is Dak Prescott going to be able to keep going for this team before Jerry Jones loses his patience? It is, I mean, it's just as um, Geno Smith actually going to be the answer for a long run. Obviously, he's been signed, but that doesn't never prevented a team from cutting a player. Um, so there's plenty of teams after the season are going to run into question marks like it is every season. There's teams that try to patch up one thing, one season, draft a guy, really hype up that guy, see if he's the answer. And then something happens and that guy isn't that answer. And then, you know, quarterback spots will open up, bang, bang, bang. So that's not that unexpected, but Lamar Jackson clearly is done with the Ravens. I don't think they're gonna be able to find any common ground as far as getting a deal for him done. So I think this is kind of the, the end of the road for him. But I think if any team remotely thinks that after this next season's over that their quarterback isn't the answer or they don't think that they played well enough or something of that hap- like that happens, or maybe during the season there's a major injury to a quarterback or something of that that magnitude that could that, that could deal um, Lamar Jackson to a team maybe even at the beginning of the season before the trade deadline hits. So I think there's definitely some things that could happen between now and then. But at this point... I really don't see Lamar Jackson getting traded at this point. And maybe even after the season's over, because I don't think exclusive franchise tag lasts for a very long time. So after the season, maybe you can even get him for, you know, as a free agent where you don't have to pay as much to the Well, I think they the can Ravens. keep putting that on him as much as they want. I mean, they can, but one thing I heard about the franchise tag is it gets increasingly more and it, more expensive. Yeah, it can. Yeah, it gets more and more and expensive. And at some point after like three years, it's more than if you just paid him a contract and he accepted it. So at some point, they're just like, they yeah. cut their losses. Right. So you can only do it for like a season or two Got before it, yeah. it's just like, it's over. I can't. It's, it's just too much dragging your feet. So I think if something does happen, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson is dealt. You're looking at this season, maybe even next season, pro- more than likely next season. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, let's jump over to uh, to the NBA, talk basketball for a minute, if that's cool. Well, I'm saying, do you think... Yes. Because Cam Newton's in talk, talked about as a guy that wants to come back to the league. Oh, the I saw he was doing the Auburn, Auburn Pro, pro Day. Day. He was going to do some throwing down there. I wonder if he could come back, but in particular, do you think the Bucks will go after him? I don't know if anyone really thinks he's got it. You don't think so anymore? I mean, I know he thinks he's, he's got it. the pro day. He was throwing some dots. He thinks that he's got it, yeah. Like, But what? I don't know. It I, I wasn't long ago that he had that little resurgence in Carolina. Remember, he came back. Yeah. And, and they went to the Patriots. I just don't see. Do you really want to have Cam Newton and, May, and Baker Mayfield in the same, like, you know, study room with, with your, you know, potential future quarterback? Do you want well, that? Cam Newton ha- opens up another facet of this offense that they haven't had 
in forever, which is a guy that can actually run the football with his legs. Yeah, but like, and you kind of need is that. He, how much speed does he have left? I mean, it's just I I just heard that he's circulating. I don't, know. Just as a I don't think so. I don't think this is a thing. Nope. Not for Tampa. No, not not after you've got Baker there. I don't see it. I don't think Baker is the answer. I'm not saying he's the answer, but most certainly putting both Baker and Cam in the same room together on the same team is not a recipe for success. That's have, a recipe for a ton of drama. You'd rather have Kyle Trask up there? Yeah, yeah, like fine. Let let Trask and 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 Baker compete. Battle it That's out. fine. You can only you only bring in one veteran like that. Attitude kind of guy. Like can't I just don't see it. Uh, that's not going to go well. Right. Not going to go well. All right. Let's go back to, uh, to to the NBA, if that's cool. Sounds good. All right. So you think Patrick Beverly might be the most. One of the most. Underrated. One of the most underrated players. Talk about it. I think. So if you look at his time at, in the, at, at the Timberwolves, when he was there. So where is he now? He's at the Bulls now. Okay. So he's, he's in Chicago. Man. Okay, so he's been mo- he's been moving around. Remember, like, was it this year that he was like he was in Utah and then he was in he went from L.A. Utah, he's like all over the place. LA. He yeah. played there for a little bit and then he got cut and he went when that the L.A. Um, Lakers added all those guys and they got rid of him and then he was rumored to go back to the Timberwolves and then I think he got actually traded to the Magic um, because of the Mobamba trade, but then they agreed on us um, on a. What is that thing called? They just basically cut him. They both agreed to leave. Okay. A buyout. A buyout is what they did. Okay. And then he was rumored to go back to the Timberwolves, but then the Bulls signed him, and the, apparently he grew up in Chicago, so he was very happy to play in his home, uh, home state or home city. So now he's in a in a uh, in a Bulls uniform, and he has been playing really well for him. I think in the NBA, this um, the attitude of like having a dog in you, like that attitude of just playing very scrappy and, and just being that guy that's willing to get dirty for your team and be that physicality for your team has become like a talking point a lot in the NBA. Uh, and there's certain people around the league that take it too far. But I think with Beverly, you don't hear about him getting, you know, 18 technicals or um, being suspended again because of those technicals or just getting into random fights or whatever. You just see him being really scrappy and just playing with a lot of heart. Uh, and and helping his team get that extra push across the finish line, and it's very rare to have both, you know, uh, like, like have an aggressive attitude, but also on the court most of the time play at a very professional, in a very professional way. And I think it started at the um, the Timberwolves when he was there. I mean, the guy really when when they went to that when they had that really large playoff push with uh, Carl Anthony Towns and and um, Anthony Edwards and himself and. Uh, Vanderbilt and uh, D'Angelo Russell now is at, at the Lakers, but when all those guys were together and they had that huge playoff push and they you know won that game and started playing against Memphis and had a really good success, he had that extra. Um, he brought that extra level of energy to the team. He allowed them to get into position to succeed. He made the clutch plays. He was very aggressive on the defensive end and, and just forced it. He was just kind of nagging at you. When you watch him play, you don't call him a great defender. You don't probably even call him a great shooter. What you call him is nagging. He okay. just kind of goes at you, and he basically doesn't give up on any sort of play. He, If you're trying to toss the ball in from the out of, out of bounds, he's out there on your guy that you're trying to get into, and you just kind of pushing at him a little bit, trying to get him off his spot a little bit, trying to yank the ball away from him. He's there on every defensive play. When you see him go on a guy, you kind of expect a turnover to ensue. And then on the offensive side of the floor, he you know goes in for the rebounds. He's there fighting for him, and he's there when you need him to have a three – 
to or get to the line or something like that, he's willing to take the foul. That's what he did the Timberwolves, and that's really when I started seeing him. Then he bounced to Utah. I don't even think he played a single, almost said snap, the wrong sport, <laughs> a single minute of of offense or defense at the at the Utah Jazz, and he got sent over to the Lakers, and there he kind of was, kind of just a, a kind of a blip on the screen, if you will. He was there. And kind of fell off of relevance, and and you really didn't hear much about him. He was trying to win basketball games, but the Lakers as a whole, like we'll talk about in a few minutes, was struggling to find any sort of footing, struggling to find any sort of offense. And we all, we talked about it quite a bit during that time. Of the Lakers need to do something, they need to renovate, they need to change, they need to grow. Then they did that huge trade to bring in some new guys, which we'll talk about, uh, and that sent him to the Magic, which then he didn't play at all there, and then he's now at the Bulls. And I think the amount of time that we spend on some of these other guys that are like him, but way too aggressive on the court, you know, not playing at a professional level, just playing with a chip on your shoulder, uh, are taught about it a ton. But what's not talked about is, and at least enough, is, you know, Patrick Beverly and his ability to play. I mean, since he's been in the Bulls, I think they said he's like six and two is their record uh, down the stretch. He just adds an extra level dimension that I think is just not appreciated, I guess, in the NBA as much as it should be. Uh, I, I mean, you might not call him your perfect leader. You might not call him the guy that, you know, you would put everything behind, but he's definitely the guy that you can buy into because of his uh, desire to com- compete and play at the highest level and desire to just nag at you. Nag at you. That's what I saw in the last few games. I mean, the amount of times that he was there forcing the ball out, going behind a guy, just kind of knocking yeah. the ball away. But he wasn't just shoving you over or yelling. I don't actually, I mean, he had one technical, <laughs> but I didn't really see much of anything from him. Um, so I think that's really something that that's an art form that you kind of have to learn to use in the proper way. Uh, but I think, you know, NBA fans as a whole and the NBA itself doesn't really appreciate guys like that, the guys that are kind of the unsung heroes of the group. So I just think it's kind of interesting to kind of look at that. So, you know, every couple of podcasts, or every now and again, I kind of want to talk about a little bit about the guys that are not talked about enough, but are doing a lot yeah. for their squads. Yeah. Just to, you know, give them some recognition. So I think Patrick Beverly's doing a great job for the Bulls. I'm excited to see what the Bulls look like down the stretch. And I think Patrick Beverly's the first guy of the underappreciated. <laughs> the underappreciated club here on Omia um, yeah, Sports, right? Have a little wall with all the guys. Yeah, we'll just have to. Yeah, we'll get. Yeah, exactly. Got a whiteboard. We'll use that. <laughs> we'll just draw them. <laughs> just How about to, that? To picture. Yeah. Yeah, little sand art. There we go. Okay, Lakers. You want to talk uh, talk a little bit about the the Lakers? I know you go kind of team by team each week, right? Yeah, it's trying to do a little more as opposed to breaking down the games because the playoffs are yeah. twenty days away. Okay, playing closing in. Where are the Lakers at in that? In they are that? battling to get in right now. Okay, your Utah Jazz are um, a game above them. Okay, the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Trailblazers, and the Utah Jazz are all just battling it out for that last spot. For that last slot, who's spot. actually in the last? Who's in the tenth right slot? Right now, Utah? it's Utah. Okay, so it's kind of competitive right now. Kind of hot, um, but um, like I said. Patch Beverly was on this team right before they brought in some new guys, Angela Russell, Vanderbilt, uh, Mobamba, all these guys came in. And um, I, I think this Lakers team um, is now finally at a point where they brought in some guys that can definitely start helping this team succeed. They brought in, like I said, um, Vanderbilt, which I think kind of fits the mold of Anthony Davis and he can get the rebounds and they can play a little bit bigger with those two guys on the court, but he's a healthier um ad as far as not being injured every like not spending a ton of time off the court he can actually play for you so then that's big 
Um, but then I think D'Angelo Russell, I mean, that pickup, at first I didn't really think that much about it. Like, I liked that he was going there, but that first game that I watched them all together was horrible. They weren't really getting any of their shots. They really, really struggled. Um, but I think, you know, when you look at who they brought in, I think now when you really look at it, he is one of the strong points of the guys that they actually were able to acquire. So I think that was a really good move for them. Um, but then Austin Reeves, which I don't think he's not a new guy. He's, I think a rookie that they drafted has started to turn it on. He's been playing or maybe he's a second year guy, but anyway, he's been playing really, really well. Uh, I think he's had a lot of success in this uh, Lakers offense. He's finally starting to find his feeding a little bit, footing a little bit. Uh, he's been able to, you know, he's. I think the game a couple days ago, he had a career high of like 35 points in that game. He was, besides D'Angelo Russell, the offense of that team. He was getting everything started, getting everything kick-started a little bit, and allowing them to have success. Um, and then, I obviously, LeBron James is the other guy, but he's been injured, and he hasn't really been able to see the court. Um, but I think if you really look at it, there's a couple guys, like I said, that have been having success. But as a whole, I mean, this Lakers team needs to probably get rid of the guys that are on the transitioning edge of leaving the NBA. Anthony Davis just needs to be cut, like traded something because he's not on the court enough to have success in this, in this, uh, on this Lakers team. Um, we've seen it multiple times in the playoffs where the Lakers get into the playing tournament and just dominated by the team. They, they play, they're not, they don't play the, the level of physicality they need to. They struggle with threes, which is starting to change a little bit. But Anthony Davis is just he's so injury-prone. I think it's because of his height, but so injury-prone that you can't even rely on him to be on the floor and play solid minutes. So I think the Lakers need to just move on and just keep the guys that they've kind of started to add in because altogether they're playing with a little more rhythm. Now, it's not all of them that are you know perfect every single game, and there's some guys that play better every, one night, and there's another guy that steps up another night. But I think there's some definitely some guys that they have definitely added on that I think are going to have success down the stretch, but they need to get as much as they can from, like I said, Anthony Davis and some of these other guys, because there's still holes in this offense that they are still in de- or offense and defense that they're still in desperate need to change and fix. I think uh, D'Angelo Russell, Vanderbilt, LeBron James, Patrick Beverly led off, uh, offense or starting uh, five would have been really helpful because I think, it, I think uh, Patrick Beverly, like I said, would have brought that extra level of ump to this team that I think is just lacking because when, you know, like one of the games that I just that I just watched to look at this Lakers team, they drove like they tried to um, get the rebounds inside the paint, or they tried to pass inside the paint. They would just turn the ball over countless times, just over and over again inside the paint. They just struggled so much of completing the pass, keeping the ball. It was just really bad for them on the offensive side. I mean, the the other team had a field day. They just kind of sat in there, put all the guys in there, and then they were just grabbing all the rebounds. And Lakers had pretty much no option but to just kind of give it over to them because they didn't have anyone getting in there and fighting for that rebound. So I think overall they made some good changes. Uh, but this Lakers team as a whole still has some work to do, some areas they got to fill up, some area, some guys that are just – not playing at the level that you would need them to to have a really good playoff run. I think right now, if you really look at it, I think it's the, you know, the, those top three teams are probably the teams that are going to make it. I don't think the Trailblazers stand much of a chance at this point, which is, you know, that's my team. But at the same time, they, they're putting too much pressure on Dame. They don't have, they don't have guys around them that are necessary. Uh, but the other thing about the Lakers is they can't go after Kyrie Irving like they want to because of the cap space issues that they have. And I think they could also resol- resolve some of that stuff by, you know, being willing to trade maybe for Kyrie Irving at some point. I mean, he's not there for very long, but maybe you could 
try something like that or trade some of these guys to get, gain some uh, cap space because you need a guy like Kyrie to go on this team to give him that extra that extra guy. But at the same time, like I said, I think they made a couple good moves. I think they're kind of the Cowboys of the NBA. They made some good moves. They have some good pieces already there, but they're struggling with finding that key piece that if they plug it in, that's going to change everything and that's going to get them to a position where I would feel comfortable calling them a uh, a finals contender because it's okay. been a couple years since they've been into the final and yeah. since the bubble. Yep. But they've got still some of the similar pieces. They just got to keep figuring out and kind of keep running with things to see what the final answer is going to be. But like I said, I think they've got some really good shining stars. Okay. There you go. All right. Listeners, we appreciate you. Thanks for listening. Uh, we will catch you on Friday, right? Yep. Friday it is. Cool. See you then. See you. God bless.